right, welcome to Your Time, Your Money, the show where your time is just as valuable as your money, and we know that. Welcome, Adam. Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you here. Yeah, this is fun. The, the alternative's not good. No, that's uh, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> so today's session, we thought we'd take it back down to the basics. Uh, yep. we, you know, we've mixed in some basic investment uh, stuff prior in some of our, our past episodes, but today I thought maybe it would be a good uh, chance to spend a few minutes just on terminology. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, we were talking about this before, obviously, we started, and, you know, we get asked a lot of questions that you at times think, oh, wow, I'm, I'm surprised. Well, let me explain what that is, and that's obviously what we're covering today, but th there's just a lot of those question marks out there that people misinterpret the definitions of, of things. Yeah, and, and very often, you know, Seniors usually tell us like, hey, you know, schools need to do a better job of educating individuals yeah. and kids about investing and basics and stuff. But then when you delve into it, a lot of times even seniors aren't familiar with what terms are yep. and, and, and how they relate to the market. So today we're going to talk about some common used terminology, give you a brief description of it and why it's important to you. And then, uh, you know, hopefully you'll be a little bit more empowered uh, when you're in conversation with a, a person about investing yep. at, uh, you know, the family gathering or whatever right. it might. <laughs> so let's get started. It's your time. Your money. I'll let you do the honor oh, here. here we go. Watch out now. So, you know, I, I guess the first uh, investment terminology that we should get into is the quote-unquote the market. Because we get that quite a bit, mm -hmm. right? Yep. I mean, we, we get, uh, oh, the market's down or the market's up, you know. Yeah. And uh, our common response is, well, which market? Right. Right. And, and the market just refers to really the trading platform for different types of securities. Yeah. Uh, so you have the common terminology of the market would be the Dow or the S&P or the Russell NASDAQ, 2000, the, Russell the NASDAQ. Yep. Uh, you know, and then the bond market has its own trading platform mm -hmm. as well as well other securities. So uh, the one thing that investors need to understand is that just because one market is down doesn't mean another market's down. Right. Um, you know, and that's where later in our episode today, we're going to talk about diversification and, and allocation to the different markets mm -hmm. is the market is such a broad term that it really just refers to the platform that securities or investments are traded on. Right. Uh, so there's uh, no uh, magical terminology of the market. Mm -hmm. Right. It's it's a bunch of different markets. Yeah, I was going to say, the, you know, um, and a lot of times what can affect one market may not affect another. And uh, a lot of times the, the interpretation of, of information that people, whether it's around the water cooler, they think that certain things affect a market. Um, you know, who's president of the United States? You know, and we've talked about this before in the, in the podcast, you know, or what decisions are being made, you know, as the wind blows, you know, whatever it is that, that causes a market in a person's mind to, to fluctuate. And the, the sort of the truths and realities behind what actually makes a market um, move. Yeah, and, and some of the other terminology we hear is a bull market right. or a bear market. Yep. Now, these aren't specific markets that they're referring to, but they're referring to the direction of a market. Yeah. Right. So if you have a bull market, the one thing I always tell clients is if it's a bull market, when a bull attacks, it usually attacks up with its horns. And uh, it wants to go up, right? And that would be a bull. And in a fight, if a bear attacks, it's usually clawing down at you. Yep. And a bear wants to go down. So, you know, that's return, You know, that's referring to where people think the direction of the market's going to go. Mm -hmm. You know, we complicate things. We can't say simple an up market or a down market. Right. We have to say either a bull market or a bear market. And uh, that terminology is a lot of times misunderstood as far as, like, what direction the market's going. Sure. And then the one thing that's not predictable in either a bear or a bull is, uh, of course, uh, the direction or the duration, rather, of how long it's going to be a down market 
quote unquote, or an up market. Yeah, and, and they you know use those terms simultaneously within stocks. Are they detecting a bullish pattern mm-hmm. or a bearish pattern in a stock or a security? Meaning, do they think it's on its way up and going up or, or going down? So, so if you hear that in passing, it's just referring to the direction of the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing too, uh, you know, that people uh, hear is an asset class. Right. And they don't really understand what an asset class is sometimes. Right. You know, and, and there's basically four different asset classes that we'll discuss today. Uh, and, you know, first is equities. So that would be stock. Or, and that would be mm-hmm. m- most people relate to the market uh, or investing on right. the stock side. Right. That's an asset class. Uh, next would be fixed income. Right. Some examples of fixed income. Uh, bonds, preferred stock. Yeah. You know, but bonds in general. Uh, you know, once again, going back to the market. They have it trades on its own market. Right. It's a different class of investment. Uh, you know, if you think of a seesaw, a lot of times stocks and bonds act opposite of each other. Not so much the last couple right. of years, right. uh, but that's why you want to have different asset classes. And then you break that down even into more. There's derivatives, which has its own market. And this is option trading, a little bit more speculative trading, uh, where you could uh, risk a little bit of money. And if the market moves uh, one way, you're leveraged right. and, and you can make a hundred times more because you're leveraging or you have an option in, in that. Uh, you could also lose a lot of money. Right. I was going to say right? you're, you're dealing with a lot more risky decisions at that point. Yep. So greater you know, risk, greater reward. Yep. And derivatives can be all different types of investments. Uh, and then the final asset class is usually cash. Cash. Right. And that would be money markets, savings accounts, uh, mm-hmm. certificates of deposits would be under fixed income, but you would have cash as a liquid asset that right. you can a- access. So when people talk about your, what asset class are you in, they're referring to what type of investment are you in mm-hmm. and then how does that play? But that but those asset classes, when you put them all together, creates the next term, which is portfolio. Mm-hmm. Right. And you hear this a lot. Like what's in your portfolio? Right. Well, maybe it's one thing. Right. It could be a rental property could mm-hmm. be in a portfolio. Right. Uh, or it could be a portfolio full of all individual stocks. Yep. Right. Which which leads to is it allocated properly or is it diversified properly? And both those things are different. Right. Allocation refers to the asset classes. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have a little bit in each asset class? Do you have some fixed income? Do you have some equity? Do you have some stocks in there? Do you have some cash? Do you have some derivatives? Uh, You know, that's asset allocation, whereas diversification is a little different, right? You could be diversified in stocks by having large, mid, and small, but you might not have the proper asset allocation. Right. And and that's a confusing point for clients too, because a lot of clients will say, well, I'm diversified. Yeah. And that actually kind of rolls into when we talk about portfolios, a lot of times there's passively managed portfolios and actively managed. And passively managed is really when, think of it as a 401k, uh, someone picks their their mutual funds. And then unless they go back in and are constantly trading those and changing those, sometimes, you know, as often as daily, whatever, you know, a person would want to do, they're, they're passively managed. It's a, it's a set it and forget it kind of mentality often with, with 401ks. Uh, or, or even other types of IRAs or, um, or non-retirement accounts. Um, whereas an actively managed uh, portfolio, there is someone there making trades in the best interest of a client um, and uh, you know, trying to, to protect as much as they can as the market is fluctuating, as well as taking advantage of opportunities as the market is fluctuating. Yeah, maybe moving between asset classes if they right. needed to. Yep. 
or even diversifying in the asset class yep. to make yep. sure that they, they're getting either a better return or or reducing risk on the downside, sure. right? Sure. And, and those are those are very important in, in a portfolio. Uh, but that whole asset allocation and diversification conversation is, is you know, it, it, an investor needs to understand that they're two different things, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's important going forward. The the other thing too that uh, we wanted to bring up on, on this terminology that gets kind of intermingled a lot is interest versus dividend, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, a lot of times people say, well, what's it paying? Or, you know, what's the interest on that account? Right. But they may be referring to an account that doesn't pay interest, it pays dividend. And the basic simple terminology of dividend versus interest is dividend is usually paid out per the number of shares you own. Yep. Interest is usually paid out off of the value of an investment. So like a savings account would pay interest. Mm-hmm. What are you getting? You're going to get very little amount, but well, it very will little pay. amount. Yes. <laughs> Maybe a stamp or, or whatever it might, <laughs> right, buy, yeah, might buy this, but, sure. but you know, interest is will go up as your balance goes up, yep. and will go down as your balance goes down. A dividend, though, being tied to a share, so to speak, mm-hmm. if a value of a share goes down next month, your dividend could be the same, right? Right, and if the value of your shares go down, sometimes the yield increases, so you get more money if things are reinvesting because you're buying more shares at a low. Yep. And and the major difference between the two is if you're just drawing dividend off of investment and that's coming in every month for you, right? No matter what your balance is doing, there's some consistency there. Right. Right. It's a paycheck, so to speak. Yep. Versus interest where you're taking whatever you know, the borrower, so to speak, or the lender's willing to give you right. uh, as a credit to your yep. to your investment. Um, so, you know, v- very interesting how people confuse the two. Yeah. And, and you know, to, to uh, hopefully not confuse more, but more for cl- clarification on a dividend, a dividend, if it's a, uh, if it's a, a stock dividend, it may not be declared. It has to be declared uh, by the board of directors if they're going to award a dividend on that time frame, whether it's a quarterly dividend or an annual or, you know, what have you. But it's, it's, it has to be declared in those cases. Yeah, and we'll get into more episodes delving in deep into dividends and right. and how they work and the reasoning behind them and why you want to yep. have them, especially in your portfolio at retirement, because uh, it's a paycheck, right? Yeah. R- regardless, yep. and uh, you know, interest isn't isn't necessarily something you can live on when the interest when the low rates are low. Yeah. You know, whereas dividend could be a healthy check for you yep. to pay a bill, expense, or, or even live off of. Um, you know, and then this whole concept, which you brought up prior prior to the session today when we were just chatting, is investor return versus fund return. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the fund return or, or the return that you see on your statement that you see, uh, you know, in the mutual fund detailed section or electronic traded fund section uh, isn't necessarily the return that an investor gets. Sure. Yeah, it's probably one of the, it's, it is a question that, that I know we, I get asked a lot, we've talked about this, is that whole idea, well, what's your average return on your portfolios? And that's, it's not a number that can be really given because it always depends on when a person gets uh, invested into the market um, in that portfolio, at what time. So you're calculating all of these things all at once, and it's never going to be the same. Yeah, so the fund return is just a mathematical right. uh, performance of the mutual fund. Right. But if you invested in that mutual fund on Monday and I invested on Friday, we are both going to have different investment returns. Because during that week, if the portfolio went up 10% and I bought on Friday, my return is going to be less than your return. Right. And if it went down 10% by Friday, my return is going to be better than yours. Right. 
And both of those would be different than the mutual fund return may be posted over the year. Sure, over the 12 months, right? right? So yep. so you could have a, a mutual fund that maybe posts a 5% or 6% return over 12 months, but because the investor got in one month later yep. in the calendar year, right? They may have a 20% return because the first month the market dropped substantially right. and the investor got in at the right time. Yep. So I always tell clients, right, don't confuse investor returning your personal return with the posted return of the mutual fund. Right. Because you probably didn't get that return. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's a, it, the, it kind of goes back to the, what the markets do and, you know, people think, well, I don't want to go into the market right now because I think it's going to go down further you just can't time the market. You know, I had people that, that uh, clients of mine that had gotten um, gotten into the investing part in the end of August, beginning of September. Well, that was when the, the market was at the lowest part in the last 12 months. And so their portfolios looked fantastic when that was just the perfect timing. Yeah. You know, could well, I have planned that for everybody? I would have loved to. And investors fall victim to that water cooler talk all right. the time, right? That somebody says, oh, I got 18% on my return last year. Right. I want to get into that same investment. Well, that's the rearview mirror approach. Sure. The investment sure. already paid that out, yeah. right? So that doesn't mean that's what you're going to get moving forward. But a lot of investors fall victim to that because yep. it's, uh, you know, it's the fear of missing out. Sure. Right? Yep. FOMO. FOMO. Fear, fear, fear <laughs> of missing out. Uh, yep. You know, and then as far as investment terminology goes, you know, just maybe a simple definition of net worth, yep. right? I mean, net worth in layman's terms, just pure, simple definition that investors can understand. It's what you own minus what you owe. Right, you could have a multi-million-dollar house, you know, two million-dollar home. You could have a mortgage of of two point one million because the market went down a little bit, yeah. and you have a negative net worth, yeah, because you can't sell that home for more than what you owe on it, yeah. Right, so so think of that as equity. And a lot of investors, especially early on in their twenties, thirties, and forties, as they have their student loan debt, have they just purchase a home or things along that lens, they may have a negative net worth mm-hmm. their first 10 years or so. They might have a lot of savings put aside, but it it's pales in comparison to the amount of debt that they have. Right. And, and net worth, uh, you know, it's important to understand that. Sure. Because it doesn't necessarily feed you. Right? You can have a lot of net worth, but nothing to derive income in retirement. Right. Right. So, so net worth and the other is liquid net worth. Right. Right? Refers to any assets that you can easily grab within a day or two, Yep. right? Things that a mutual fund you could sell off and, and get proceeds the next day, plus or minus, depending on right. what the market <laughs> is doing, right? Um, and liquid net worth is important to understand because liquid net worth usually uh, relates to how do you derive income in retirement. Right, and even, even, even prior to retirement, um, a lot of conversations go to where people are putting money into their 401ks or their IRAs not understanding that they can't touch those dollars until they're 59 and a half without a penalty and taxes, of course. So, you know, finding solutions that offer investments with liquidity options as well during that savings time frame. Sometimes that's important to someone, depending on what their needs are going to be. Yeah. And I think we did a good job of touching on the investment terminology and basic things that we wanted. Anything else that you think we should bring up? No, I think that's pretty much it for now. Great. I mean, I, you know, again, a lot, a lot of what we touched on today could be full episodes, you know, um, no doubt. And some of the stuff we've touched on today have been full episodes. <laughs> so 
Yeah, and, we, yeah. and we'll we'll keep uh, you know pushing out some good content uh, individually on these terms and, yeah. and delving in depth in, in future episodes. Uh, but I thought from a terminology standpoint, it's a good that it, that investors out yeah. there and listeners out there uh, understand what these terms are because they're hearing them all the time, yep. Yep. right? So uh, as always, it's your time, your money, and uh, you can find us at 43 British American Boulevard, Latham, New York, one two. Uh, 800-222-3202, Latham, New York, 12110. <laughs> Address and phone number, two separate things. <laughs> uh, or as always, yourtimeyourmoney.net. And uh, like and subscribe allows us to get our uh, good messages and content out there as much yeah. as possible. And as always, it's your time. Your money. Adam Jones, Matthew Trillo, Mark Esley, Financial Advisors, 43 British American Boulevard, First Floor, Latham, New York, 12110. 518-724-5004. Cetera Investors is the marketing name of Cetera Investments services. Securities and insurance products are offered through Cetera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Cetera Investment Advisors, LLC. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. Special thanks, Chris Conlin, owner and craftsman of Skulls and Sawdust. 518-852-3673, skullsandsawdust at gmail.com. Special thanks to Bobby Chase and Jeff Carlson of Next Evolution Media. 518-879-1779, bobbychase84 at gmail.com. And last but not least, a very special thanks to our families for sacrificing many hours to let us see the vision through its reality. This material has been prepared for informational purposes only and is not tailored towards any particular individual investment, objectives, or financial situation. This is not intended to be an offer or solicitation to purchase any security or insurance product. Cetera representatives do not provide legal, tax, or estate planning services. Should you require such service, you should consult a legal, tax, or estate planning professional. A diversified portfolio does not assure a profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Rebalancing may be a taxable event. Before you take any specific actions, be sure to consult with your tax advisor. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily the views and opinions of Cetera Investment Services. Any recommendations mentioned in this episode are meant for educational purposes only and should not be construed as advice or personal recommendations. Always consult your financial advisor, tax advisor, and attorney for details related to your specific goals and objectives. Investments have risk and can lose value. They are not FDIC insured. The situations presented are hypothetical to illustrate key topics and should not be construed as actual client situations or experiences. The Esley Group operates under Cetera Investors and is responsible for the production of this show. All views and opinions are solely that of the Esley Group. You should always obtain a perspective when available prior to investing to know your risks, costs, and fees associated with the investments. Cetera Investors is a marketing name of Cetera Investment Services. Securities and insurance is offered through Cetera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Cetera Investment Advisor, LLC. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other entity named. 43 British American Boulevard, first floor, Latham, New York, 12110. Phone number 518-724-5004. Individuals affiliated with this broker-dealer firm are either registered representatives who offer only brokerage services or receive transaction-compensated commissions, investment advisor representatives who offer only investment advisory services and receive fee-based on assets, or both registered representatives and investment advisor representatives who can offer both types of services.